The hall door closed behind them, and the next instant, Theodore Nemour entered our apartment. I can see him now as he stood with the sunlight full upon him, rubbing his long, thin hands together and surveying us with his broad smile and his cunning yellow eyes. He was a short, thick man, with some suggestion of deformity in his body, though it was difficult to say where that suggestion lay. One might say that he was a hunchback without a hump. His large, soft face was like an underdone dumpling, of the same color and moist consistency, while the pimples and blotches which adorned it stood out the more aggressively against the pallid background. His eyes were those of a cat, and cat-like was the thin, long, bristling moustache above his loose, wet, slobbering mouth. It was all low and repulsive until one came to the sandy eyebrows. From these upwards there was a splendid cranial arch such as I have seldom seen. Even Challenger's hat might have fitted that magnificent head. One might read Theodore Nemour as a vile, crawling conspirator below, but above he might take rank with the great thinkers and philosophers of the world. Well, gentlemen, said he in a velvety voice, with only the least trace of a foreign accent, you have come, as I understand, from our short chat over the wires in order to learn more of the Nemo Disintegrator. Is it so? Exactly. May I ask whether you represent the British government? Not at all. I am a correspondent of the Gazette, and this is Professor Challenger. An honored name, a European name. His yellow fangs gleamed in obsequious amiability. I was about to say that the British government has lost its chance. What else it has lost it may find out later. Possibly its empire as well. I was prepared to sell to the first government which gave me its price, and if it has now fallen into hands of which you may disapprove, you have only yourselves to blame. Then you have sold your secret. At my own price. You think the purchaser will have a monopoly? Undoubtedly he will. But others know the secret as well as you. No, sir. He touched his great forehead. This is the safe in which the secret is securely locked, a better safe than any of steel, and secured by something better than a Yale key. Some may know one side of the matter, others may know another. No one in the world knows the whole matter save only I. And these gentlemen to whom you have sold it? No, sir. I am not so foolish as to hand over the knowledge until the price is paid. After that, it is I whom they buy, and they move this safe, he again tapped his brow, with all its contents to whatever point they desire. 
My part of the bargain will then be done, faithfully, ruthlessly done. After that, history will be made. He rubbed his hands together, and the fixed smile upon his face twisted itself into something like a snarl. You will excuse me, sir, boomed Challenger, who had sat in silence up to now, but whose expressive face registered most complete disapproval of Theodore Nemour. We should wish, before we discuss the matter, to convince ourselves that there is something to discuss. We have not forgotten a recent case where an Italian who proposed to explode mines from a distance proved upon investigation to be an arrant impostor. History may well repeat itself. You will...